Morris Blackburn Lawyers, Australia's leading social justice law firm, have been fighting for your rights for nearly 100 years because they believe in fairness is a universal right, not just reserved for the chosen few. They know if one person's denied the right to be safe, to be free, to be heard, or to be equal, everyone else's rights are at risk too. And that includes you. So whether it's returning stolen land, protecting new mums at work, or demanding equality, Morris Blackburn Lawyers help shine a light on everyday injustices because who knows when your rights might be affected. Little song about a man called Garth and a little boy wanted to be tarred with the same brush. He learned Latin, held his head up high, and he hated the liberals, so he didn't know why. Hello and welcome to this final week's episode for the state election of Pod on the Hill. This is, as I said, the final in our election series, and joining us this week for his last can update, campaign update is Steve Brax. Welcome, Steve. It's good to be here. Now, if you're listening to this on Thursday the 22nd or Friday the 23rd of November, it is not too late to sign up for a door knock or phone bank shift in this crucial Victorian state election. You need to go to thisislabor.org slash find hyphen and hyphen event. Now, uh, last night, both Premier Daniel Andrews and Matthew Guy headed to Frankston for a town hall forum slash debate. Now, before we get to the substance of the debate, Steve, I'd like to get your perspective uh, as a former leader of someone who was actually involved in these, is in these debates slash forums as leader, as both opposition leader and premier like Daniel Andrews. Yeah, well, I only, I only had experience as premier in debate because in 99, when I was opposition leader, in a very arrogant way, Jeff Kennett refused to have a debate. So I did debate um, the then opposition leader, Robert Doyle, in 2002 and then Ted Bayou in 2006. Um, and, you know, they often come late in the campaign, these debates, as they have on this occasion for Daniel Andrews and Matthew Guy. But um, they're important things because they consolidate the frame on which you're presenting for the, for the election. Um, they distill really down to, you know, very small bites exactly what you're about. Um, and they also give people a, a look at how you present and how you present under pressure. And I think um, that's pretty important. And I have to say, after watching last night, I reckon the audience got it pretty right. You know, the majority, when they were asked to vote on the forum on who did well, it was the Premier overwhelmingly got that. Daniel Andrews, you know, Matthew Guy looked shrill, looked like he was a one-trick pony on law and order, um, and didn't really have much to say about the fundamental things which are going to make a difference to people's life in Victoria. And I think that's the stark difference of this campaign, whether it's education or health, um, or uh, transport or community safety even, you know, the, the uh, Liberals don't have any answers and they don't have any coherent policies going forward. And that, was, that really came out significantly in the debate last night. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've touched on the result there. Um, uh, the Premier picked up, uh, it was a room of undecideds and the Premier picked up uh, 49, uh, got Matthew Guy 33 with the remaining 18 undecided. Um, where do you think, I mean, you've touched on a couple of the issues, where do you think it, the debate as such was lost by Matthew Guy or won by Daniel? I think it was um, lost by Guy when he had no response really to uh, TAFE funding and the differences, the stark difference in what Labor has done in tertiary and further education, the 30 free courses, the 29 pre-apprenticeship courses, the extra one now in childcare. Um, and that coupled with the rest of the education commitments, it was really... You know, the cupboard was bare when it came to Matthew Guy and all he could do was reflect on his own personal experiences and really had nothing to say in a policy term. 
Um, and I think that was a sort of a seminal moment. You know, if states do anything, it's education. Um, and, you know, that's where the, the Liberals are missing and they've got no answers for the future. Um, but n nothing is lost in any one moment. I think it was lost really over the whole of the debate. Um, and But it was highlighted and illustrated at that point as well. Yeah, you bang on there. With it. The, po the point of the, the... It was all about the anecdote, wasn't it? He didn't yeah. actually go into any policy discussion at all on education. It was all, I went to state school, therefore I understand state schools. And that's all he had. I mean... I mean, if that's his, if that's his uh, audition for Premier, then I, I've got an argument to be made then as well. I went to a state school, so... <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, you've got a big argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, to the announcements throughout the campaign, we've touched them as, as they've come up. The, the, uh, it's now pretty... We can now have a pretty broad picture of both sort of the outlooks of the parties. And, and the choice is pretty stark now for Victorians, isn't it? Oh, I think this, the, the choice is very stark. Um, you know, if you look at the... Liberals' commitments—they're all about, you know, discreet little attempts to uh, bribe people by offering, you know, non-means-tested, um, if you like, benefits. Uh, and you know, that's that's not going to work really. And the coherence of the government's campaign and the Daniel Andrews team in looking at subsidised three-year-old kinder, free TAFE courses, uh, half price, means-tested on solar for 700,000 homes. You know, the dental care for public school students, that's a very important one. It's one which has been an unmet demand really in Victoria for a long time. Well, nationally actually, because the federal government's pulled out of dental care significantly. So Labor and um, the, uh, Daniel Andrews Labor is stepping into that breach and that's going to make a difference. Um, new parents at the point at which there is a lot of expense getting support uh, in baby hampers. Um, and fr free pads and tampons in public schools. These are all coherent and directed at assisting families to get better access into education and better support into education. And that's really the coherence of it. When I look at the Liberals and, um, you know, I think of uh, TVs and fridges. Yeah, I never thought I'd see a campaign <laughs> when someone was trying to give away some TVs. Yeah, uh, when I looked at it closely, they're not giving away that much, really, because, you know, you have to... Um, to be eligible, you have to have something that's 10 years old. You have to be uh, a low-income earner. Um, I mean, for goodness sake, it's um, it's more the sort of headline they're after than the policy. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sort of <laughs> threw me back to the early 90s of like the Ken Bruce has gone mad. Like, yeah, um, um, yeah well, I thought they might offer free beer next. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, Just on a student election, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, now we'll sort of cover off. So like the, the, one of the things that I've struck me is the way that they, the Liberal Party talk about crime a lot of the time and they don't sort of ever consider this as uh, any broader than lock people up. And I think it's writ large in the fact that they've now said they'll close the safe injecting room in Richmond if, if elected. Now, Danny Hill, the General Secretary of the Ambulance Employees Australia and the President of the National Council of Ambulance Unions tweeted last night, if Matthew Guy shuts the life-saving injecting facility in Richmond, the Ambulance Union will hold into account for every death in the gutter, every overdose in the playground, and every assault on our members that occurs as a result. Why can the Liberals not grasp that addiction is as a health issue? Well, I think I said last time, and I'll reinforce it now, that if you look at any rational response to um, the supervised injecting facility in Richmond, you'd say it is very effective, it's working, it's saving lives. And those lives that are saved are people that can be rehabilitated. Um, and as um, Daniel Andrews said on radio this morning, it's hard to be rehabilitated if you're dead. And I think that's a key issue really here. So on any ev evidence, 
um, you would have to say this is something worth supporting. Why are they not supporting it? I pretty well know why, because it's playing to the internals of the Liberal Party. We know that the internals have changed. We know the sort of people who are Liberal Party members now, they're different to what they have been in the past. They've been taken over by the alt-right and, if you like, some of the religious conservatives who have infiltrated their party, and this is paying the piper. This is what they're doing. Like any rational assessment would be say you should support this trial and make your assessment at the end of the trial, but he's not. And that's really pandering to the party. And this will be writ large if they get in government. Um, it's a bit like the Morrison, um, uh, what he's having to do to turn over backwards to appease the right wing of his party. It's a bit like Turnbull tried to do. Um, they will stop at nothing to get their policy outcomes and that's happening in the state as well and that's what's behind it um, because there's no other explanation that can be uh, really sound in this area. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's and, and like even the, the, the discussion around moving the, I think it was the business uh, hub in Tel Aviv to Jerusalem as well. I mean, it's yeah. another one. Sort of, we, we discussed it last week with, with Scott Morrison and, yeah. and, and the embassy. Um, one of the questions I, I actually hadn't prepared, but I've actually now thought of, is uh, the seat of Geelong and Jeff Kennett coming out during the week and basically endorsing an independent in Geelong. The shadow that that man has cast at the Victorian Liberal Party is, is amazing that he's still having this kind of effect on, on their politics. Well, um, yes, and um, uh, Jeff Kennett uh, needs instant gratification. He needs to um, be talked about, and this is part of it, really. And um, no one in the Liberal Party, he believes, we are ever better than him. So if Matthew guys think that he's got, thinks he's got the support of Jeff Kennett, just wait, he'll turn. He's turned on every Liberal leader to date, whether that's Robert Doyle or Ted Bayou, and he'll do it again. Um, and really supporting independent, I mean, you know, most parties would expel you for that, by the way. You've got to endorse mm. candidates um, standing in the seat, a Liberal. You support their opponent. Well, usually you get kicked out if you do that. And um, maybe they should question the, rather than questioning Malcolm Turnbull's Absolutely. Um, <laughs> membership of the Liberal Party, maybe <laughs> they should question Kennett. But I, I suspect Kennett, Kennett might be a feature of the last couple of days of the campaign because you notice today, we're talking about Thursday, two days out from the election, that the Liberal Party have, in a sneaky way, come out and said that they will privatise the Melbourne sewage system um, and therefore hand that over to the private sector and all the costs that go to uh, people on their sewage system will be now run by the, by the, um, um, by the private system. Um, and of course, as we know, water and sewage are totally integrated. Yeah. And so this is the step on the privatisation of water and I think people are going to recall from this. And it's no surprise the Liberals have done this two days before the election when there's a blackout because they know that this is totally unpopular. Contrast that with Daniel Andrews Labor privatising or uh, seeking a, a contractor for the Port of Melbourne, putting that into reinvestment in infrastructure in the state. That was done two years out from the election as a policy prescription. This is two days out. This is a sneaky way of trying to privatise water and, you know, this is profound and it will have a significant effect on people's lives and what they pay for water and sewage in the future, it will inevitably go up as a for-profit system comes into providing an essential service in the state. And that is all about Kennett. He was like that too and they're doing exactly the same. Yeah, and, and we've now seen that play out with power prices uh, across yeah. the Victoria now and, and, and we can point back to those, those privatisations in the mid-90s. Now, 
Moving off from the uh, major opposition, and we'll go to our weekly discussion of the Greens. Um, we have covered off much of the public problems the Greens have had throughout this campaign, and that Al Angus McAlpine is still the candidate for Footscray, points very clear to the, this, this hypocrisy. Now, those of us in the political bubble have a long time talked of, of Greens' hypocrisy on a range of issues. Has the knowledge of that hypocrisy now emanated from the bubble and into the wider community? I think it has, um, and I think... Um the notion that somehow the Green political party is not a political party has been exploded for all time to come and they'll be seen in that prism now I think and that's what they've demonstrated. Um, I suspect that the Greens plateaued some time ago and I don't think they're going to make any significant gains in the election coming up and that's to do with their behaviour but it's to do with the naked nature of their policies as well which I think are pretty reprehensible and um, you know just trying to trying to not be true to their own values but trying to pinch votes off the Labor Party that seems their whole raison d'etre yeah so I think the uh, Greens have been exposed and I think that's come out and it'll show in two days time yeah um, I certainly hope you're correct on that and, and hopefully we can ha hold on to all of our inner city seats and maybe even pinch a couple back Who knows? Um, now before I get to your prediction and final thought of the week mm -hmm. are you appearing on any election night coverage and with whom yes I'm on channel 7 I have been on ABC on Channel 2 for the last two elections, but Channel 7 this time. Um, and uh, another former Premier, Jeff Kenneth, is on there too. So <laughs> that'll be a bit of sport for people, I guess. Um, it certainly would. And um, I'm hoping he has a, a dreadful night. It would be very good to see uh, uh, the Liberal Party go down and perhaps his, his champion in uh, Geelong also. Hit yeah, the well, I'm actually early. interested in... Uh, just watching the seat of Burwood, because I've got a seeky suspicion that could be a smoky, and I might point to that during the <laughs> night. <laughs> and even if it's not, you can point it out <laughs> early on and, get, and just give him the, give him the willies. Um, okay, so your, to your prediction, what will happen on Saturday My prediction night? is the same as it has been from the very start of the campaign, and that is the polls are pretty well right, those that we've had. Um, my feeling out there is reflected in that, too, that um, Labor will win with an increased majority, and I think uh, plus... Um, uh, two or three, probably ten-seat majority rather than a seven-seat majority, and that will give us um, an ability to govern for the next four years. And I'm predicting we'll have a bit of joy on election night. I certainly hope you're right. Now, to the final, your final thought of the week, Steve. Um, my final thought of the week is that um, um, that really uh, liberals are back to form privatising state assets again and this time essential services I never thought they'd be bold enough to try and privatise water, here they go again Steve Brax, thank you again for your time this week and thank you throughout this election campaign, uh, myself and all of the listeners out in podcast land, appreciate it very much, thank you. Thanks Conrad